the rogueries of delilah the crafty and her daughter zainab the coney catcher excerpted from the book of a thousand nights and a night volume seven nights six ninety eight through seven o eight translated by richard f burton this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in October 2018. The Rogueries of Delilah the Crafty and her daughter Zainab the Coney Catcher. There lived in the time of Harun al Rashid a man named Ahmed al Danaf and another, Hassan Shuman, Hait, the twain past masters in fraud and feints, who had done rare things in their day wherefore the caliph invested them with captains of honor and made them captains of the watch for baghdad ahmed of the right hand and hassan of the left hand and appointed to each of them a stipend of a thousand dinars a month and forty stalwart men to be at their bidding moreover to calamity ahmed was committed the watch of the district outside the walls so ahmed and hassan went forth in company of the emir khalid the wali or chief of police attended each by his forty followers on horseback and preceded by the crier crying aloud and saying by command of the caliph none is captain of the watch of the right hand but ahmed al danaf and none is captain of the watch of the left hand but hassan shuman and both are to be obeyed when they bid and are to be held in all honour and worship now there was in the city an old woman called delilah the wily who had a daughter by name of zainab the coney catcher they heard the proclamation made and zainab said to delilah see o my mother this fellow ahmad al danef he came hither from cairo a fugitive and played the double dealer in baghdad till he got into the caliph's company and is now become captain of the right hand whilst the mangy chap hassan shuman is captain of the left hand and each hath a table spread morning and evening and a monthly wage of a thousand dinars whereas we abide unemployed and neglected in this house without estate and without honour and have none to ask of us now delilah's husband had been the town captain of baghdad with a monthly wage of one thousand dinars but he died leaving two daughters one married and with a son by name of ahmad al-lakit or ahmad the abortion and the other called zainab a spinster and this delilah was a past mistress in all manner of craft and trickery and double-dealing she could wile the very dragon out of his den and iblis himself might have learnt deceit of her her father had also been governor of the carrier pigeons to the caliph with a sold of one thousand dinars a month he used to rear the birds to carry letters and messages wherefore in time of need each was dearer to the caliph than one of his own sons so zainab said to her mother up and play off some feint and fraud that may haply make us notorious in baghdad so perchance we shall win our father's stipend for ourselves replied the old trot as thy head liveth o my daughter i will play off higher class rogueries in baghdad than ever played calamity ahmed or hassan the pestilent 
So saying, she rose and threw over her face a lisam veil and don clothes, such as the poorer Sufis wear, petticoat trousers falling over her heels, and a gown of white wool with a broad girdle. She also took a pitcher and filled it with water to the neck, after which she set three dinars in the mouth and stopped it up with a plug of palm fiber. Then she threw round her shoulder, baldrich-wise, a rosary as big as a load of firewood, and taking in her hand a flag, made of party-coloured rags, red and yellow and green, went out, crying, Allah, Allah, with tongues celebrating the praises of the Lord, whilst her heart galloped in the devil's racecourse, seeing how she might play some sharping trick upon town. She walked from street to street till she came to an alley swept and watered and marble paved, where she saw a vaulted gateway with a threshold of alabaster and a Moorish porter standing at the door, which was of sandalwood, plated with brass and furnished with a ring of silver for a knocker. Now this house belonged to the chief of the caliph's sergeant ushers, a man of great wealth in fields, houses, and allowances, called the Emir Hassan Shar al Tariq or evil of the way, and therefore called because his blow forewent his word. He was married to a fair damsel, Katun Hight, whom he loved and who made him swear on the night of his going in unto her that he would take none other wife over her nor lie abroad for a single night. And so things went on till one day he went to the divan and saw that each emir had with him a son or two. Then he entered the hammam bath, and looking at his face in the mirror, noted that the white hairs in his beard overlay its black, and he said in himself, Will not he who took thy sire bless thee with a son? So he went in to his wife in angry mood, and she said to him, Good evening to thee. But he replied, Get thee out of my sight. From the day I saw thee I have seen naught of good. How so? quoth she. Quoth he, on the night of my going in unto thee, thou madest me swear to take no other wife over thee. And this very day I have seen each emir with a son, and some with two. So I minded me of death, and also that to me hath been vouchsafed neither son nor daughter, and that whoso leaveth no male hath no memory. This, then, is the reason of my anger, for thou art barren, and knowing thee is like planing a rock." cried she, Allah's name upon thee. Indeed, I have worn out the mortars with beating wool and pounding drugs, and I am not to blame. The barrenness is with thee, for that thou art a snub-nosed mule, and thy sperm is weak and watery, and impregnateth not, neither getteth children. Said he, When I return from my journey, I will take another wife. And she said, huh, My luck is with Allah. Then he went out from her, and both repented of the sharp words spoken each to the other. Now, as the emir's wife looked forth of her lattice, as she were a bride of the hordes for the jewelry upon her, behold, there stood Delilah espying her, and seeing her clad in costly clothes and ornaments, she said to herself, "'Twould be a rare trick, O Delilah, to entice yonder young lady from her husband's house, and strip her of all her jewels and clothes, and make off with the whole lot. So she took up her stand under the windows of the emir's house, and fell to calling aloud upon Allah's name, and saying, 
Be present, O ye Wallis, ye friends of the Lord. Whereupon every woman in the street looked from her lattice, and seeing a matron clad, after Sufi fashion, in clothes of white wool, as she were a pavilion of light, said, Allah, bring us a blessing by the aidance of this pious old person, from whose face issueth light. And Khatun, the wife of the emir Hassan, burst into tears and said to her handmaid, Get thee down, O Makbula, and kiss the hand of the sheikh Abu Ali, the porter, and say to him, Let yonder religious enter to my lady, so haply she may get a blessing of her. So she went down to the porter, and, kissing his hand, said to him, My mistress telleth thee, Suffer yonder religious enter to my lady, so haply she may get a blessing of her, and we too may be blessed, one and all. The gatekeeper went up to Delilah, and kissed her hand, but she forbade him, saying, Away from me, lest my ablution be made null and void. Thou also art of the attracted Godwards, and kindly looked upon by the Allah's saints, and under his especial guardianship. May he deliver thee from this servitude, O Abu Ali. Now the emir owed three months' wage to the porter, who was straitened thereby, but knew not how to recover his due from his lord. So he said to the old woman, O my mother, give me to drink from thy pitcher, so I may win a blessing through thee. She took the ewer from her shoulder and whirled it about in the air, so that the plug flew out of its mouth, and the three dinars fell to the ground. The porter saw them and picked them up, saying in his mind, Glory to God, this old woman is one of the saints that have hordes at their command. It hath been revealed to her of me that I am in want of money for daily expenses, so she hath conjured me these three dinars out of the air. Then said he to her, Take, O oh my aunt, these three dinars which fell from thy pitcher. And she replied, Away with them from me. I am of the folk who occupy not themselves with the things of the world. No, never. Take them and use them for thine own benefit, in lieu of those the emir oweth thee. Quoth he, Thanks to Allah for succor. This is of the chapter of Revelation. Thereupon the maid accosted her, and kissing her hand, carried her up to her mistress. She found the lady as she were a treasurer, whose guardian talisman had been loosed. The Khatun bade her welcome and kissed her hand. Quoth she, O oh, my daughter, I come not to thee save for thy will and by Allah's will. Then Khatun set food before her, but she said, O oh, my daughter, I eat not except of the food of paradise, and I keep continual fast, breaking it but five days in the year. But, O oh my child, I see thee chagrined, and desire that thou tell me the cause of thy concern. O oh, my mother, replied Katoon, I made my husband swear on my wedding night that he would wive none but me, and he saw others with children, and longed for them, and said to me, Thou art a barren thing. I answered, Thou art a mule which begetteth not. So he left me in anger, saying, When I come back from my journey, I will take another wife, for he hath villages and lands and large allowances, and if he beget children by another, they will possess the money and take the estates from me. Said Delilah, O oh, my daughter, knowest thou not of my master, the sheikh Abu al-Hamlat, whom if any debtor visit, Allah quitteth him his debt, and if a barren woman she conceiveth, 
Katun replied, "'Oh, my mother, since the day of my wedding, I have not gone forth the house. No, not even to pay visits of condolence or congratulation.' The old woman rejoined, "'Oh, my child, I will carry thee to him, and do thou cast thy burden on him, and make a vow to him. Happily, when thy husband shall return from his journey, and lie with thee, thou shalt conceive by him, and bear a girl or a boy, but be it female or male, it shall be a dervish of the sheikh Abu al-Hamlet.' Thereupon Katun rose and arrayed herself in her richest raiment, and donning all her jewellery, said— "'Keep thou an eye on the house,' to her maid, who replied, "'I hear and obey, O my lady.' Then she went down, and the porter Abu Ali met her, and asked her, "'Whither away, O my lady?' "'I go to visit the sheikh Abu al-Hamlet,' answered she. And he, "'Be a year's fast incumbent upon me. Verily yon religious is of Allah's saints and full of holiness.' O oh, my lady, and she hath hidden treasure at her command, for she gave me three dinars of red gold, and divined my case without my asking her, and knew that I was in want. Then the old woman went out with the young lady Katun, saying to her, Inshallah, O oh my daughter, when thou hast visited the sheikh Abu al-Hamlet, there shall betide thee solace of soul, and by leave of Almighty Allah thou shalt conceive, and thy husband the emir shall love thee by the blessing of the sheikh, and shall never again let thee hear a despiteful word. Quoth Katun, I will go with thee to visit him, O my mother. But Delilah said to herself, Oh, where shall I strip her and take her clothes and jewelry, with the folk coming and going? Then she said to her, O oh, my daughter, walk thou behind me within sight of me, for this thy mother is a woman sorely burdened. Every one who hath a burden casteth it on me, and all who have pious offerings to make, give them to me and kiss my hand. So the young lady followed her at a distance, whilst her anklets tinkled and her hair coins clinked as she went, till they reached the bazaar of the merchants. Presently they came to the shop of a young merchant by name Sidi Hassan, who was very handsome and had no hair on his face. He saw the lady approaching and fell to casting stolen glances at her, which when the old woman saw, she beckoned to her and said, Sit down in this shop till I return to thee. Katun obeyed her and sat down in the shop front of the young merchant, who cast at her one glance of eyes that cost him a thousand sars. Then the old woman accosted him and saluted him, saying, Tell me, is not thy name Sadi Hassan, son of the merchant Mosin? He replied, Yes, who told thee my name? Quoth she, Folk of good repute, direct me to thee. Know thou, this young lady is my daughter, and her father was a merchant who died and left her much money. She is come of marriageable age, and the wise say, Offer thy daughter in marriage, and not thy son. And all her life she hath not come forth the house till this day. Now a divine warning and a command given in secret bid me to wed her to thee. So if thou art poor, I will give thee capital, and will open for thee instead of one shop, two shops thereupon quoth the young merchant to himself i asked allah for a bride and he hath given me three things to wit coin clothing and coin then he continued to the old trot 
oh my mother that whereto thou directest me is well but this long while my mother saith to me i wish to marry thee but i object replying i will not marry except on the sight of my own eyes said delilah rise and follow my steps and i will show her to thee naked so he rose and took a thousand dinars saying to himself haply we may need to buy somewhat or pay the fees for drawing up the marriage contract the old woman bade him walk behind the young lady at a distance but within shot of sight and said to herself <laughs> where wilt thou carry the young lady and the merchant that thou mayest strip them both whilst his shop is still shut then she walked on and the cartoon after her followed by the young merchant till she came to a diary kept by a master dyer by name Haj mohammed a man of ill repute like the colocasia seller's knife cutting male and female and loving to eat both figs and pomegranates he heard a tinkle of the ankle rings and raising his head saw the lady and the young man presently the old woman came up to him and after salaaming to him and sitting down opposite him asked him art thou not Haj mohammed the dyer he answered yes i am he what dost thou want quoth she verily folks of fair repute have directed me to thee look at yonder handsome girl my daughter and that comely beardless youth my son i have brought them both up and spent much money on both of them now thou must know that i have a big old ruinous house which i have shored up with wood and the builder saith to me go and live in some other place lest belike it fall upon thee and when this is repaired return hither so i went forth to seek me a lodging and people of worth directed me to thee and i wish to lodge my son and daughter with thee quoth the dyer in his mind hmm verily here is fresh butter upon cake come to thee but he said to the old woman tis true i have a house and saloon and upper floor but i cannot spare any part thereof for i want it all for guests and for the indigo growers my clients she replied oh my son twill be only for a month or two at the most till our house be repaired and we are strange folk let the guest-chamber be shared between us and thee and by thy life o my son and thou desire that thy guests be ours we will welcome them and eat with them and sleep with them then he gave her the keys one big and one small and one crooked saying to her the big key is that of the house the crooked one is that of the saloon and the little one is that of the upper floor so delilah took the keys and fared on followed by the lady who forewent the young merchant till she came to the lane wherein was the house she opened the door and entered introducing the damsel to whom she said o oh, my daughter this pointing to the saloon is the lodging of the sheikh abu al hamlet but go thou into the upper floor and loose thy outer veil and wait till i come to thee so she went up and sat down presently appeared the young merchant whom delilah carried into the saloon saying sit down whilst i fetch my daughter and show her to thee so he sat down and the old trot went up to katoon who said to her i wish to visit the sheikh before the folk come replied the beldame oh my daughter we fear for thee asked katoon why so 
and delilah answered because here is a son of mine a natural who knoweth not summer from winter but goeth ever naked he is the sheikh's deputy and if he saw a girl like thee come to visit his chief he would snatch her earrings and tear her ears and rend her silken robes so do thou doff thy jewellery and clothes and i will keep them for thee till thou hast made thy pious visitation accordingly the damsel did off her outer dress and jewels and gave them to the old woman who said i will lay them for thee on the sheikh's curtain that a blessing may betide thee then she went out leaving the lady in her shift and petticoat trousers and hid the clothes and jewels in a place on the staircase after which she betook herself to the young merchant whom she found impatiently awaiting the girl and he cried where is thy daughter that i may see her but she smote palm on breast and he said what aileth thee quoth she would there were no such things as the ill neighbour and the envious they saw thee enter the house with me and asked me of thee and i said this is my bridegroom i have found for my daughter so they envied me on thine account and said to my girl is thy mother tired of keeping thee that she marrieth thee to a leper thereupon i swore to her that she should not see thee save naked quoth he i take refuge with allah from the envious and bearing his forearm showed her that it was like silver said she have no fear thou shalt see her naked even as she shall see thee naked and he said let her come and look at me then he put off his pelisse and sables and his girdle and dagger and the rest of his raiment except his shirt and bag trousers and would have laid the purse of a thousand dinars with them but delilah cried give them to me that i may take care of them so she took them and fetching the girl's clothes and jewellery shouldered the whole and locking the door upon them went her ways she deposited her spoils with the druggist of her acquaintance and returned to the dyer whom she found sitting awaiting her quoth he inshallah the house pleaseth thee and quoth she there is a blessing in it and i go now to fetch porters to carry hither our goods and furniture but my children would have me bring them a panade with meat so do thou take this dinar and buy the dish and go and eat the morning meal with them asked the dyer who shall guard the diary meanwhile and the people's goods that are therein and the old woman answered thy lad so be it rejoined he and taking a dish and cover went out to do her bidding so far concerning the dyer who will again be mentioned in the tale but as regards the old woman she fetched the clothes and jewels she had left with the druggist and going back to the diary said to the lad run after thy master and i will not stir hence till you both return to hear is to obey answered he and went away while she began to collect all the customer's goods presently there came up an ass-driver a scavenger who had been out of work for a week and who was an hashish eater to boot and she called him saying hither o donkey boy so he came to her and she asked knowest thou my son the dyer whereto he answered yes i know him then she said the poor fellow is insolvent and loaded with debts and as often as he is put in prison i set him free now we wish to see him declared bankrupt and i am going to return the goods to their owners so do thou lend me thine ass to carry the load and receive this dinar to its hire 
when i am gone take the hand saw and empty out the vats and jars and break them so that if there come an officer from the kazi's court he may find nothing in the diary quoth he i owe the hajj a kindness and will do something for allah's love so she laid the things on the ass and the protector protecting her made for her own house so that she arrived there in safety and went into her daughter zainab who said to her o oh, my mother my heart hath been with thee what hast thou done by way of roguery delilah replied i have played off four tricks on four whites the wife of the sergeant usher a young merchant a dyer and an ass-driver and have brought thee all their spoil on the donkey-boy's beast cried zainab o oh, my mother thou wilt never more be able to go about the town for fear of the sergeant usher whose wife's raiment and jewellery thou hast taken and the merchant whom thou hast stripped naked and the dyer whose customer's goods thou hast stolen and the owner of the ass rejoined the old woman pooh my girl i reek not of them save the donkey-boy who knoweth me meanwhile the dyer bought the meat panade and set out for the house followed by his servant with the food on head on the way thither he passed his shop where he found the donkey-boy breaking the vats and jars and saw that there was neither stuff nor liquor left in them and that the diary was in ruins so he said to him hold thy hand o ass-driver and the donkey-boy desisted and cried praised be allah for thy safety o master verily my heart was with thee why so thou art become bankrupt and they have filed a docket of thine insolvency who told thee this thy mother told me and bade me break the jars and empty the vats that the kazi's officers might find nothing in the shop if they should come allah confound the far one cried the dyer my mother died long ago and he beat his breast exclaiming alas for the loss of my goods and those of the folk the donkey-boy also wept and ejaculated alas for the loss of my ass and he said to the dyer give me back my beast which thy mother stole from me the dyer laid hold of him by the throat and fell to buffeting him saying bring me the old woman whilst the other buffeted him in return saying give me back my beast so they beat and cursed each other till the folk collected around them and one of them asked what is the matter o master mohammed the ass-driver answered i will tell thee the tale and related to them his story saying i deemed i was doing the dyer a good turn but when he saw me he beat his breast and said my mother is dead and now i for one require my ass of him it being he who hath put this trick on me that he might make me lose my beast then said the folk to the dyer o master mohammed dost thou know this matron that thou didst entrust her with the diary and all therein and he replied i know her not but she took lodgings with me to-day she and her son and daughter quoth one in my judgment the dyer is bound to indemnify the ass-driver quoth another why so because replied the first he trusted not the old woman nor gave her his ass save only because he saw that the dyer had entrusted her with the diary and its contents and a third said o oh, master since thou hast lodged her with thee it behoveth thee to get the man back his ass then they made for the house and the tale will come round to them again 
meanwhile the young merchant remained awaiting the old woman's coming with her daughter but she came not nor did the daughter whilst the young lady in like manner sat expecting her return with leave from her son the god-attended one the sheikh's deputy to go into the holy presence so weary of waiting she rose to visit the sheikh by herself and went down into the saloon where she found the young merchant who said to her come hither where is thy mother who brought me to marry thee she replied my mother is dead art thou the old woman's son the ecstatic the deputy of the sheikh abu al hamlet quoth he the swindling old trot is no mother of mine she hath cheated me and taken my clothes and a thousand dinars quoth khatun and me also hath she swindled for she brought me to see the sheikh abu al hamlet and in lieu of doing so she hath stripped me thereupon he i look to thee to make good my clothes and my thousand dinars and she i look to thee to make good my clothes and jewellery and behold at this moment in came the dyer and seeing them both stripped of their raiment said to them tell me where your mother is so the young lady related all that had befallen her and the young merchant related all that had betided him and the master dyer exclaimed alas for the loss of my goods and those of the folk and the ass-driver ejaculated alas for my ass give me o dyer my ass then said the dyer this old woman is a sharper come forth that i may lock the door quoth the young merchant twere a disgrace to thee that we should enter thy house dressed and go forth from it undressed so the dyer clad him and the damsel and sent her back to her house where we shall find her after the return of her husband then he shut the diary and said to the young merchant come let us go and search for the old woman and hand her over to the wali the chief of police so they and the ass-man repaired to the house of the master of police and made their complaint to him quoth he o folk what want ye and when they told him he rejoined how many old women are there not in the town go ye and seek for her and lay hands on her and bring her to me and i will torture her for you and make her confess so they sought for her all round the town and an account of them will presently be given as for old delilah the wily she said i have a mind to play off another trick to her daughter who answered o oh, my mother i fear for thee but the beldam cried i am like the bean husks which fall proof against fire and water so she rose and donning a slave girl's dress of such as serve people of condition went out to look for some one to defraud presently she came to a by-street spread with carpets and lighted with hanging lamps and heard a noise of singing women and drumming of tambourines here she saw a handmaid bearing on her shoulder a boy clad in trousers laced with silver and a little abba cloak of velvet with a pearl embroidered tarbush cap on his head and about his neck a collar of gold set with jewels now the house belonged to the provost of the merchants of baghdad and the boy was his son he had a virgin daughter to boot who was promised in marriage and it was her betrothal they were celebrating that day there was with her mother a company of noble dames and singing women and whenever she went upstairs or down the boy clung to her so she called the slave girl and said to her take thy young master and play with him till the company break up 
seeing this delilah asked the handmaid what festivities are these in your mistress's house and was answered she celebrates her daughter's betrothal this day and she hath singing women with her quoth the old woman to herself o delilah the thing to do is to spirit away this boy from the maid delilah began crying out o disgrace o ill luck then pulling out a brass token resembling a dinar she said to the maid who was a simpleton take this ducat and go in to thy mistress and say to her um alcar rejoiceth with thee and is beholden to thee for thy favours and on the day of assembly she and her daughters will visit thee and hand sell the tiring women with the usual gifts said the girl o oh, my mother my young master here catcheth hold of his mamma whenever he seeth her and she replied give him to me whilst thou goest in and comest back so she gave her the child and taking the token went in whereupon delilah made off with the boy to a by-lane where she stripped him of his clothes and jewels saying to herself oh delilah twould indeed be the finest of tricks even as thou hast cheated the maid and taken the boy from her so now to carry on the game and pawn him for a thousand dinars so she repaired to the jewel bazaar where she saw a jew goldsmith seated with a cage full of jewelry before him and said to herself twould be a rare trick to choose this jew fellow and get a thousand gold pieces worth of jewelry from him and leave the boy and pledge for it presently the jew looked at them and seeing the boy with an old woman knew him for the son of the provost of the merchants now the israelite was a man of great wealth but would envy his neighbor if he sold and himself did not sell so espying delilah he said to her what seekest thou o my mistress she asked art thou master azira the jew having first inquired his name of others and he answered yes quoth she this boy's sister daughter of the shabanar of the merchants is a promised bride and to-day they celebrate her betrothal and she hath need of jewellery so give me two pair of gold ankle rings a brace of gold bracelets and pearl eardrops with a girdle a poignard and a seal ring he brought them out and she took of him a thousand dinars worth of jewellery saying i will take these ornaments on approval and whatso pleaseth them they will keep and i will bring thee the price and leave this boy with thee till then he said be it as thou wilt so she took the jewellery and made off to her own house where her daughter asked her how the trick had sped she told her how she had taken and stripped the shabandar's boy and zainab said thou wilt never be able to walk abroad again in the town meanwhile the maid went in to her mistress and said to her o oh, my lady um alkar saluteth thee and rejoiceth with thee and on assembly day she will come she and her daughters and give the customary presents quoth her mistress where is thy young master quoth the slave-girl i left him with her lest he cling to thee and she gave me this as largesse for the singing women so the lady said to the chief of the singers take thy money and she took it and found it a brass counter whereupon the lady cried to the maid get thee down o whore and look to thy young master accordingly she went down and finding neither boy nor old woman shrieked aloud and fell on her face 
their joy was changed into annoy and behold the provost came in when his wife told him all that had befallen and he went out in quest of the child whilst the other merchants also fared forth and each sought his own road presently the shabandar who looked everywhere espied his son seated naked in the jew's shop and said to the owner this is my son tis well answered the jew so he took him up without asking for his clothes of the excess of his joy at finding him but the jew laid hold of him saying allah succour the caliph against thee the provost asked what aileth thee o jew and he answered verily the old woman took of me a thousand dinars worth of jewellery for thy daughter and left this lad in pledge for the price and i had not trusted her but that she offered to leave the child whom i knew for thy son said the provost my daughter needeth no jewellery give me the boy's clothes thereupon the jew shrieked out come to my aid o moslems but at that moment up came the dyer and the assman and the young merchant who were going about seeking the old woman and inquired the cause of their jangle so they told them the case and they said this old woman is a cheat who hath cheated us before you then they recounted to them how she had dealt with them and the provost said since i have found my son be his clothes his ransom if i come upon the old woman i will require them of her and he carried the child home to his mother who rejoiced in his safety then the jews said to the three others whither go ye and they answered we go to look for her quoth the jew take me with you presently adding is there any one of you knoweth her the donkey boy cried i know her and the jew said if we all go forth together we shall never catch her for she will flee from us let us each take a different road and be our rendezvous at the shop of the haj masood the moorish barber they agreed to this and set off each in a different direction presently delilah sallied forth again to play her tricks and the ass-driver met her and knew her so he caught hold of her and said to her woe to thee hast thou been long at this trade she asked what aileth thee and he answered give me back my ass quoth she cover what allah covereth o my son dost thou seek thine ass and the people's things quoth he i want my ass that's all and quoth she i saw that thou wast poor so i deposited thine ass for thee with the moorish barber stand off whilst i speak him fair that he may give thee the beast so she went up to the majorabi and kissed his hand and shed tears he asked her what ailed her and she said o oh, my son look at my boy who standeth yonder he was ill and exposed himself to the air which injured his intellect he used to buy asses and now if he stand he saith nothing but my ass if he sitteth my ass and if he walketh he crieth my ass now i have been told by a certain physician that his mind is disordered and that nothing will cure him but drawing two of his grinders and cauterizing him twice on either temple so do thou take this dinar and call him to thee saying thine ass is with me said the barber may i fast for a year if i do not give him his ass in his fist now he had with him two journeymen so he said to one of them go heat the irons then the old woman went her way and the barber called to the donkey boy saying thine ass is with me good fellow come and take him and as thou livest i will give him into thy palm 
so he came to him and the barber carried him into a dark room where he knocked him down and the journeyman bound him hand and foot then the majorabi arose and pulled out two of his grinders and fired him on either temple after which he let him go and he rose and said o more why hast thou used me with this usage quoth the barber thy mother told me that thou hadst taken cold whilst ill and hadst lost thy reason so that whether sitting or standing or walking thou wouldst say nothing but my ass so here is thine ass in thy fist said the other allah requite thee for pulling out my teeth then the barber told him all that the old woman had related and he exclaimed allah torment her and the twain left the shop and went out disputing when the barber returned he found his booth empty for whilst he was absent the old woman had taken all that was therein and made off with it to her daughter whom she acquainted with all that had befallen and all she had done the barber seeing his place plundered caught hold of the donkey-boy and said to him bring me thy mother but he answered saying she is not my mother she is a sharper who have cozened much people and stolen my ass and lo at this moment up came the dyer and the jew and the young merchant and seeing the moorish barber holding on to the ass-driver who was fired on both temples they said to him what hath befallen thee o donkey-boy so he told them all that had betided him and the barber did the like and the others in turn related to the moor the tricks the old woman had played them then he shut up his shop and went with them to the office of the police-master to whom they said we look to thee for our case and our coin quoth the wali and how many old women are there not in baghdad say me doth any of you know her quoth the ass-man i do so give me ten of thine officers he gave them half a score archers and they all five went out followed by the sergeants and patrolled the city till they met the old woman when they laid hands on her and carrying her to the house of the chief of police stood waiting under his office windows till he should come forth presently the warders fell asleep for excess of watching with their chief and old delilah feigned to follow their example till the ass-man and his fellows slept likewise when she stole away from them and going into the wali's harem kissed the hand of the mistress of the house and asked her where is the chief of police the lady answered he is asleep what wouldst thou with him quoth delilah my husband is a merchant of chattels and gave me five mamelukes to sell whilst he went on a journey the master of police met me and bought them of me for a thousand dinars and two hundred for myself saying bring them to my house so i have brought them hearing the old woman's story she believed it and asked where are the slaves delilah replied oh my lady they are asleep under the palace window whereupon the dame looked out and seeing the moorish barber clad in mameluke habit and the young merchant as he were a drunken mameluke and the jew and the dyer and the ass-driver as they were shaven mamelukes said to herself each of these white slaves is worth more than a thousand dinars so she opened her chest and gave the old woman the thousand ducats saying fare thee forth now and come back anon when my husband waketh i will get thee the other two hundred dinars from him answered the old woman o oh, my lady an hundred of them are thine under the sherbet googlet whereof thou drinkest and the other hundred do thou keep for me against i come back 
presently adding, Now let me out by the private door. So she let her out, and the protector protected her, and she made her way home to her daughter, to whom she related how she had gotten a thousand gold pieces and sold her five pursuers into slavery, ending with, Oh, my daughter, the one who troubleth me most is the ass-driver, for he knoweth me, said Zainab. O oh, my mother, abide quiet a while, and let what thou hast done suffice thee, for the crook shall not always escape the shock. When the chief of police awoke, his wife said to him, I give thee joy of the five slaves thou hast bought of the old woman. Asked he, What slaves? And she answered, Why dost thou deny it to me? Allah willing, they shall become like thee, people of condition. Quoth he, As my head liveth, I have bought no slaves. Who saith this? Quoth she, the old woman, the brokeress, from whom thou boughtest them, and thou didst promise her a thousand dinars for them, and two hundred for herself. Cried he, Didst thou give her the money? And she replied, Yes, for I saw the slaves with my own eyes, and on each is a suit of clothes worth a thousand dinars, so I sent out to bid the sergeants have an eye to them. The wali went out, and seeing the five plaintiffs, said to the officers, where are the five slaves we bought for a thousand dinars of the old woman said they there are no slaves here only these five men who found the old woman and seized her and brought her hither we fell asleep whilst waiting for thee and she stole away and entered the harem presently out came a maid and asked us are the five with you with whom the old woman came and we answered yes cried the master of police by allah this is the biggest of swindles and the five men said, We look to thee for our goods. Quoth the wali, The old woman, your mistress, sold you to me for a thousand gold pieces. Quoth they, That were not allowed of Allah. We are free-born men, and may not be sold, and we appeal from thee to the caliph. Rejoined the master of police, None showed her the way to the house save you, and I will sell you to the galleys for two hundred dinars apiece. Just then, behold, up came the emir Hassan Shar al-Tariq, who, on his return from his journey, had found his wife stripped of her clothes and jewelry, and heard from her all that had passed, whereupon, quoth he, The master of police shall answer me this, and repairing to him, said, Doth thou suffer old women to go round about the town, and cozen folk of their goods? This is thy duty, and I look to thee for my wife's property. Then said he to the five men, what is the case with you? So they told him their stories, and he said, Ye are wronged men, and, turning to the master of police, asked him, Why dost thou arrest them? Answered he, None brought the old wretch to my house, save these five, so that she took a thousand dinars of my money, and sold them to my women. Whereupon the five cried, O oh, Emir Hassan, be thou our advocate in this cause. Then said the master of police to the emir, Thy wife's goods are at my charge, and I will be surety for the old woman. But which of you knoweth her? They cried, We all know her. Send ten apparitors with us, and we will take her. So he gave them ten men, and the ass-driver said to them, Follow me, for I should know her with blue eyes. Then they fared forth, and lo, they met old Delilah coming out of a by-street, so they at once laid hands on her and brought her to the office of the wali, who asked her, Where are the people's goods? But she answered, saying, I have neither gotten them nor seen them. 
then he cried to the gaoler take her with thee and clap her in gold till the morning but he replied i will not take her nor will i imprison her lest she play a trick on me and i be answerable for her so the master of police mounted and rode out with delilah and the rest to the bank of the tigris where he bade the lamplighter crucify her by her hair he drew her up by the pulley and bound her on the cross after which the master of police set ten men to guard her and went home presently the night fell down and sleep overcame the watchman now a certain badawi had heard one man say to a friend praise be to allah for thy safe return where hast thou been all this time replied the other in baghdad where i broke my fast on honey fritters quoth the badawi to himself needs must i go to baghdad to eat honey fritters therein for in all his life he had never entered baghdad nor seen fritters of the sort so he mounted his stallion and rode on towards baghdad saying in his mind tis a fine thing to eat honey fritters on the honour of an arab i will break my fast with honey fritters and naught else and he rode on till he came to the place where delilah was crucified and she heard him utter these words so he went up to her and said to her what art thou quoth she i throw myself on thy protection o sheikh of the arabs and quoth he allah indeed protect thee but what is the cause of thy crucifixion said she i have an enemy an oil man who frieth fritters and i stopped to buy some of him when i chanced to spit and my spittle fell on the fritters so he complained of me to the governor who commanded to crucify me saying i adjudge that ye take ten pounds of honey fritters and feed her therewith upon the cross if she eat them let her go but if not leave her hanging and my stomach will not brook sweet things cried the badawi by the honour of the arabs i departed not the camp but that i might taste of honey fritters i will eat them for thee quoth she none may eat them except he be hung up in my place so he fell into the trap and unbound her whereupon she bound him in her stead after she had stripped him of his clothes and turband and put them on then covering herself with his burnous and mounting his horse she rode to her house where zainab asked her what meaneth this plight and she answered they crucified me and told her all that had befallen her with badawi this is how it fared with her but as regards the watchman the first who woke roused his companions and they saw that the day had broken so one of them raised his eyes and cried delilah replied the badawi by allah i have not eaten all night have ye brought the honey fritters all exclaimed this is a man and a badawi and one of them asked him o badawi where is delilah and who loosed her he answered twas i she shall not eat the honey fritters against her will for her soul abhorreth them so they knew that the arab was ignorant of her case whom she had cozened and said to one another shall we flee or abide the accomplishment of that which allah hath written for us as they were talking up came the chief of police with all the folk whom the old woman had cheated and said to the guards arise loose delilah quoth the badawi we have not eaten to-night hast thou brought the honey fritters whereupon the wali raised his eyes to the cross and seeing the badawi hung up in the stead of the old woman said to the watchman what is this 
pardon o our lord tell me what hath happened we were weary with watching with thee on guard and delilah is crucified so we fell asleep and when we awoke we found the badawi hung up in her room and we are at thy mercy o oh, folk allah's pardon be upon you she is indeed a clever cheat then they unbound the badawi who laid hold of the master of police saying allah succor the caliph against thee i look to none but thee for my horse and clothes so the wali questioned him and told him what had passed between delilah and himself the magistrate marvelled and asked him why didst thou release her and the badawi answered i knew not that she was a felon then said the others o chief of police we look to thee in the matter of our goods for we delivered the old woman into thy hands and she was in thy guard and we cite thee before the divan of the caliph now the emir hassan had gone up to the divan when in came the wali with the badawi and the five others saying verily we are wronged men who hath wronged you asked the caliph so each came forward in turn and told his story after which said the master of police o commander of the faithful the old woman cheated me also and sold me these five men as slaves for a thousand dinars albeit they are free-born quoth the prince of true believers i take upon myself all that you have lost adding to the master of police i charge thee with the old woman but he shook his collar saying o commander of the faithful i will not answer for her for after i had hung her on the cross she tricked this badawi and when he loosed her she tied him up in her room and made off with his clothes and horse quoth the caliph whom but thee shall i charge with her and quoth the wali charge ahmad al danaf for he hath a thousand dinars a month and one and forty followers at a monthly wage of an hundred dinars each so the caliph said hark ye captain ahmed at thy service o commander of the faithful said he and the caliph cried i charge thee to bring the old woman before us replied ahmed i will answer for her then the caliph kept the badawi and the five with him whilst ahmed and his men went down to their hall saying to one another how shall we lay hands on her seeing that there are many old women in the town and quoth ahmed and hassan shuman what counselest thou whereupon quoth one of them by name ali kitf al to al danaf of what dost thou counsel with hassan shuman is the pestilent one of any great shakes said hassan o oh, ali why dost thou disparage me by the most great name i will not company with thee at this time and he rose and went out in wrath then said ahmed o oh, my braves let every sergeant take ten men each to his own quarter and search for delilah all did his bidding ali included and they said ere we disperse let us agree to rendezvous in the quarter al kalch it was noised abroad in the city that calamity ahmed had undertaken to lay hands on delilah the wily and zainab said to her o oh, my mother and thou be indeed a trickstress do thou be fool ahmed al danaf and his company answered delilah i fear none save hassan shuman and zainab said by the life of my browlock i will assuredly get thee the clothes of all the one and forty then she dressed and veiled herself 
and going to a certain druggist who had a saloon with two doors salaamed to him and gave him an ashrafi and said to him take this gold piece as a due sir for thy salon and let it to me till the end of the day so he gave her the keys and she fetched carpets and so forth on the stolen ass and furnished the place set on each raised pavement a tray of meat and wine then she went out and stood at the door with her face unveiled and behold up came ali kidfal jamal and his men she kissed his hand and he fell in love with her seeing her to be a handsome girl and said to her what dost thou want quoth she art thou captain ahmed aldenaf and quoth he no but i am of his company and my name is ali camel's shoulder asked she whither fare you and he answered we go about in quest of a sharkish old woman who hath stolen folks goods and we mean to lay hands on her but who art thou and what is thy business she replied my father was a taverner at mosul and he died and left me much money so i came hither for fear of the dignities and asked of the people who would protect me to which they replied none but ahmed al danaf said the men from this day forth thou art under his protection and she replied hearten me by eating a bit and drinking a sup of water they consented entering ate and drank till they were drunken when she drugged them with bong and stripped them of their clothes and arms and on likewise she did with the three other companions presently calamity ahmed went out to look for delilah but found her not neither set eyes on any of his followers and went on till he came to the door where zainab was standing she kissed his hand and he looked on her and fell in love with her quoth she art thou captain ahmed aldanaf and quoth he yes who art thou she replied i am a stranger from mosul my father was a vintner at that place and he died and left me much money wherewith i came to this city for fear of the powers that be and opened this tavern the master of police hath imposed a tax on me but it is my desire to put myself under thy protection and pay thee what the police would take of me for thou hast the better right of it quoth he do not pay him aught thou shalt have my protection and welcome then quoth she please to heal my heart and eat of my victual so he entered and ate and drank wine till he could not sit upright when she drugged him and took his clothes and arms then she loaded her purchase on the badawi's horse and the donkey boy's ass and made off with it after she had aroused ali kitfal jamal camel shoulder awoke and found himself naked and saw ahmed and his men drugged and stripped so he revived them with the counter-drug and they awoke and found themselves naked quoth calamity ahmed oh lads what is this we are going to catch her and lo this strumpet hath caught us how hassan shuman will rejoice over us but we will wait till it is dark and then go away meanwhile pestilence hassan said to the hall-keeper where are the men and as he asked up they came naked and he recited these two couplets men in their purposes are much alike but in their issues difference comes to light of men some wise are others simple souls as of the stars some dull some pearly bright then he looked at them and asked who hath played you this trick and made you naked and they answered 
we went in quest of an old woman and a pretty girl stripped us quoth hassan she hath done right well they asked dost thou know her and he answered yes i know her and the old trot too quoth they what shall we say to the caliph and quoth he o danaf do thou shake thy collar before him and he will say who is answerable for her and if he ask why thou hast not caught her say thou we know her not but charge hassan shuman with her and if he give her into my charge i will lay hands on her so they slept that night and on the morrow they went up to the caliph's divan and kissed ground before him quoth he where is the old woman o captain ahmed but he shook his collar the caliph asked him why he did so and he answered i know her not but do thou charge hassan shuban to lay hands on her for he knoweth her and her daughter also then hassan interceded for her with the caliph saying indeed she hath not played off these tricks because she coveted the folk's stuff but to show her cleverness and that of her daughter to the intent that thou shouldst continue her husband's stipend to her and that of her father and her daughter so an thou wilt spare her life i will fetch her to thee cried the caliph by the life of my ancestors if she restore the people's goods i will pardon her on thine intercession and said the pestilence give me a pledge o prince of true believers whereupon al-rashid gave him the kerchief of pardon so hassan repaired to delilah's house and called upon her her daughter zainab answered him and he asked her where is thy mother upstairs she answered and he said bid her take the people's goods and come with me to the presence of the caliph for i have brought her the kerchief of pardon and if she will not come with a good grace let her blame only herself so delilah came down and tying the kerchief about her neck gave him the people's goods on the donkey boy's ass and the badawi's horse quoth he there remain the clothes of my chief and his men and quoth she by the most great name twas not i who stripped them rejoined hassan thou sayest sooth it was thy daughter zainab's doing and this was a good turn she did thee then he carried her to the divan and laying the people's goods and stuff before the caliph set the old trot in his presence as soon as he saw her he bade throw her down on the carpet of blood whereat she cried i cast myself on thy protection o shuman so he rose and kissing the caliph's hand said pardon o commander of the faithful indeed thou gavest me the kerchief of pardon said the prince of true believers i pardon her for thy sake come hither o old woman what is thy name my name is wily delilah answered she and the caliph said thou art indeed crafty and full of guile whence she was dubbed delilah the wily one then quoth he why hast thou played all these tricks on the folk and wearied our hearts and quoth she i did it not of lust for their goods but because i had heard of the tricks which ahmed al-danaf and hassan shuman played in baghdad and said to myself i too will do the like and now i have returned the folk their goods but the ass-driver rose and said i invoke allah's law between me and her for it sufficed her not to take my ass but she must needs egg on the moorish barber to tear out my eye-teeth and fire me on both temples thereupon the caliph bade give him an hundred dinars and ordered the dyer the like saying go set up thy diary again so they called down blessings on his head and went away 
the badawi also took his clothes and horse and departed saying tis henceforth unlawful and forbidden me to enter baghdad and eat honey fritters and the others took their goods and went away then said the caliph ask a boon of me o delilah and she said verily my father was governor of the carrier pigeons to thee and i know how to rear the birds and my husband was town captain of baghdad now i wish to have the reversion of my husband and my daughter wishes to have that of her father the caliph granted both their requests and she said i ask of thee that i may be portress of thy khan now he had built a khan of three stories for the merchants to lodge in and had assigned to its service forty slaves and also forty dogs he had brought from the king of sulaymaniah when he deposed him and there was in the khan a cook slave who cooked for the chattels and fed the hounds for which he let make collars said the caliph o delilah i will write thee a patent of guardianship of the khan and if aught be lost therefrom thou shalt be answerable for it tis well replied she but do thou lodge my daughter in the pavilion over the door of the khan for it hath terraced roofs and carrier pigeons may not be reared to advantage save in an open space and caliph granted her this also and she and her daughter removed to the pavilion in question where zainab hung up the one-and-forty dresses of calamity ahmed and his company moreover they delivered to delilah the forty pigeons which carried the royal messages and the caliph appointed the wily one mistress over the forty slaves and charged them to obey her she made the place of her sitting behind the door of the khan and every day she used to go up to the caliph's divan lest he should need to send a message by pigeon post and stay there till eventide whilst the forty slaves stood on guard at the khan and when darkness came on they loosed the forty dogs that they might keep watch over the place by night such were the doings of delilah the wily one in baghdad and thus ends the story of the rogueries of delilah the crafty and her daughter zainab the coney-catcher